I want you to celebrate that when we cast the vision on this new building, we said it would be $7 million. Then we geared up, prayed up, and we pledged so that we could pay for it in a short amount of time. And on that Commitment Sunday, you pledged over $7 million. It's the greatest response in a campaign like that. Come on, that, that's, that's amazing for us as a church. And go ahead and clap for this. Over two and a half million cash has already come in of the seven million. That's history making. And we have not slowed down in what we call neighbors and nations, the way we serve missionaries, projects around the world, things that happen in our community. And in this year, we have also made history the first time ever that we are giving over $1 million to missions. And as you clap, it's not like out of some budget, that's money that you have given to neighbors and nations to go right out to all of these projects. So I have to tell you where that money has gone. And and I don't even have the time to tell you all of them, but I'll give you a good perspective of things right in this community, things across the world. There's gonna be a lot of clapping and it's worthy because this is about the rescue of so many people. This is about discipleship. This is about the church going forward and prevailing. And so we start with In His Image. This ministry is one we so generously into because they send doctors around the world uh, to the underserved medically. Lonesome Dove Ranch provides a camp for foster care kids in Dallas. It's led by Pastor Brian Jarrett, and you stepped up and paid for an entire camp. We supported generously MEND Medical Services right here in our community because they provide alternatives to abortion. We so generously, those are our neighbors. We so generously into Green Country Adult and Teen Challenge They are on the front line of helping people overcome life-controlling problems. We've never needed this ministry like we do now, and I'm so thankful that they exist and that we get to partner with them. Patriot Family Counseling Services, it's led by Aaron Ashworth. Aaron, would you stand, please? Rosie, you can stand as well. Rosie is our mid-high principal at Summit, and they lead Patriot Family Counseling Services And it has grown exponentially because God's anointing is on this couple and on this ministry. And so we sewed into that to help with the renovation and expansion of the counseling center. And I want you to celebrate with me that this year they have counseled 168 veterans. That is tremendous. Thank you so much. He works closely with our Mighty Oaks organization and ministry, and it's such a partnership. And then Gateway Foundation has an incredible campus in Broken Arrow, and they provide housing, they provide a home, they provide the food, they provide the life environment for adults with special needs. Over 50 residents now from age 18 all the way up to age 80. And in one of the dorms, the kitchen was in desperate need of renovation. I'll show you some before and then the pictures after our team went with the money you gave, and we completely renovated that entire place for them. 
And we are, we are so honored today to have the Chief Operating Officer of Gatesway. This is Elijah Blankenship and the Chief Director of Resident Services, Joanna Jones, in service. They, they came to all three last night and both today. You've honored us with your presence. Would you stand? This is the Chief Operating Officer and the Chief Director of Gatesway. We will continue to partner with them and all they do. Many of those that live there, they come to Night to Shine. Let me shout it right now. Night to Shine is back this February. It's going to be the best ever. We brought back in full the Easter Carnival. Our back to school backpack giveaway was the largest ever. Those of you here, you saw the incredible crowd that God brought that we could serve. We honored law enforcement over an entire weekend, a dinner after our Saturday night service, luncheon here after our two services, continue to believe for ways to serve them. Thank God for every first responder, every law enforcement officer, and what you've seen happen in our community this week, let's just always keep them on our prayer list, and I thank God for every one of them. Amen. You have to have missionaries, not just doing projects, but you need to support missionaries. So we have people there 24-7, right from our church. Meredith Bagby, the call of God came into her heart through the ministry of this church. She is now a full-time missionary in Durban, South Africa, and we get to be one of the primary supporters. Warren Wilkerson came into our church in 2016. Warren, would you stand, please? And on that Wednesday night... Warren accepted Jesus as his savior. We watched him serve Jesus through those high school years. Then he went to college, continued to serve God, has graduated college. Through the process, he served in ministry on his campus, and God has called him to be a university campus missionary. He has gone through the process. He is now completely credentialed in that, we get to step up and be one of his first supporters. He is now a missionary to the campus of OSU. Let's go. So proud of you, Warren. Solomon Truna, he has lived here for years, been a dynamic part of our church. He is from Ethiopia. Uh, he kept his home in Ethiopia, and because of the vision he has, he turned that house into a church. He goes on significant mission trips back home each year, just wins souls and makes disciples. It, it is multiplying. He's got such a passion. To be around this guy is uh, to be uh, reminded of what the early church must have been like and their passion for souls. He lives to see people saved. When he's not in Ethiopia, he is on the streets of this city serving people, loving people, sharing the gospel. But here's something that I also want you to know. Uh, he comes to our campus on a regular occasion to preach the gospel in a studio that we set up for him. And we produce the programming, and then we send it. And this program, through all his work, it goes across Europe. It goes across North Africa. It reaches millions of people every single day. Solomon, we want you to stand. We want to honor you today. This is Solomon. We love you so much, man. God bless you. 
Kinley and Abigail have been in each service. They, I want to make sure I don't miss them. They were there last night, earlier this morning. Kinley is from Zambia. They moved here some time ago. He and Abigail lead our intercessory ministry on Wednesday night. But when he goes back to Zambia, he does ministry. He just returned after a two-month-long trip. And while he was there, we underwrote the cost of 200 Bibles that he hand-delivered to every law enforcement officer in the villages where he serves. To be around this couple is to be around people that love God with a passion. We sent a team to Colorado City of Teachers. It's called a STEAM camp, an educational camp that they do. And through that, they share the love of Jesus, adults and kids alike that went and made a difference. At the same time, we had a construction team renovating the director's house, and we continue to make that place all that God wants it to be. Then we sent a team to Mexico, to a remote area, because there's a pastor there that has reached the loss. He has now over 100 believers, had no church. Our team trekked in there, and in one week, look at this, they built him a church in one week, and now they get to meet there, and it is amazing. And when I say we sent a team, you paid for that. Come on, keep clapping. You made that happen. Our fourth graders, they went on their mission trip. We have a strategic missions program from fourth grade all the way up to 12th grade. Our fourth graders went to Muskogee and served in compassion ministry there and then across our community here. Our fifth graders went to Missouri, Rockaway Beach, a rural community where they did outreach. They made life better, served in the food bank. They worked incredibly hard and God used them. Team of students went to Kansas City they partnered with Reach KC. You're hearing from some of them. This ministry is experiencing crazy growth. Our students walked the streets, served so effectively, and then got involved in the remodeling of the balcony of their auditorium. Also helped to work in the building that they are turning into a transition home for people coming out of prison. We then sent an adult team there that continued that. And uh, Tanya's sitting here, and her husband is Pastor Devin. Your son, Colton, he's a youth pastor. He took his youth group there a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. And they got this all the way to where we stepped in and started where they left off. And Colton was raised in the ministry here, called of God, out leading people. And it was no accident that the church is just out there being the church. And so he took his team there and served. And then when we could go again, we stepped in and started to where they had gotten it. And I'm telling you, look at what God has done. We then sent another team of students back to Colorado City. They did a theater camp. And through this, they reached people. They did a block party for the city, worked in the food bank that serves uh, a huge percentage of the population of the city. And then the final youth team, they went to Alaska. And they went to this remote area where there was no running water, no electricity. They slept in tents. They had to be creative with their food. They ventured into these villages, reaching these kids. And our students did all the preaching, did all of the worship leading. They were there six days roughing it, doing a work for God. And the pastor who is there said, it's hard to put into words the connection 
that it has given him to all of those people because of what our student team did while they were there. That's Neighbors and Nations. I went to Dhaka. This is Bangladesh. One third of 1% of the entire population is Christian. Do you see the building in the picture? That was a Bible training center that was built years ago, but it just uh, became uh, unused, set dormant for years. And yet, how can you reach all those people without pastors, without churches being planted? So we partnered with Dustin and Natalie Bartholow, missionaries who live there. And we said, let's reopen that Bible training center. And you put forth all the money to reopen that. And in July, that was the first pastor's conference that has happened there. I got to go and lead those incredible pastors. Many of them moved to that campus, are in an extensive Bible college setting, and they're going to be sent all over Bangladesh to build the church, to advance the cause of Jesus. And you made it happen. We had a team go back to Malawi and do the pastor's conference there. And then the building that is kind of like central to all that happens on the 84 acres, its auditorium, its schoolrooms, its kitchen, and it was in desperate need of a new roof. It would be a $50,000 project. We cast that vision. You gave the 50,000 and now the project is all finished. Way to go church. And thanks so much to John and Darlene for their incredible leadership with this ministry. And finally, we went for the first time to Tanzania. Well, matter of fact, let me hold the Tanzania. We've got just two more. Let me tell you about this one. It, it's unique and so important. We have a missionary couple that we have helped get to, uh, to Spain. And we also invested in getting open this retreat center for missionaries to come and be healed, renewed, restored. If we can keep the missionary family out there strong, then they can stay on the front lines doing what God has called them to do. And there's not been as much what we call missionary member care like we need. And so you as a church, I want to show you these pictures. You made this place happen. And missionaries will come from all over the world and be restored so they can go back strong and fresh. I want you to hear from the missionaries leading this, Keith and Christy Jones. Greetings from Malaga, Spain. We are Keith and Christy Jones, serving the regions of Africa and Europe in the areas of member care. And we wanted to say thank you to you, Pastor Ron, and all of our friends at Broken Arrow Assembly. You helped us to get back to the field and to be here to get this ministry up and going, um, what we're doing is we are operating a house, a property, where missionaries can come out of their context where they serve in order to be ministered to themselves, in order to kind of get some space so that they can hear from God, that they can be healthy in their marriages, that they can be healthy in their families and relationships in general. And um, just to be able to go back and do what God's called them to do. And we appreciate you making it possible for us to get back at this time. God bless you. Church, you made it possible. Way to go. 
And finally, I want you to hear from Pastor Barry this first trip to Tanzania. And, and I am preaching right now. I've been preaching now for the last 15 minutes. All of this is part of my sermon. And aren't you thankful for what God's doing? You got to understand when I say neighbors and nations, do you see this is a magnificent, far reaching vision that God has given us, Pastor Barry? Aren't you thankful for Pastor Ron and Kelly and their leadership leading us in that direction? Powerful, powerful. Seven years ago, we had uh, Pastor Joel Singala, who took a class at ORU. He's finished his, his doctor of ministry at ORU, and I was teaching a class there, and he heard about our philosophy of ministry at our church. I taught a whole day-long seminar, and he said, I'm coming to your church. And so he came to our church. He went through growth track. He signed up for a bunch of dream teams, and many of you may remember him if you've been on the journey with us that long. Uh, but he was, he was convinced that he wanted to embed with our staff, and he wanted to learn from us principles that he could take then back to Tanzania to plant a church in Tanzania. So he was here with us about 18 months before he was going to finish up his schooling, and he started meeting with our pastors. He started asking questions. He started doing the outreaches with us. And, uh, and I have to be honest with you, I've been to Africa many times, and when I think about some of the things we do here, not necessarily the theology of why we do it, but the way that we do things here, I wasn't sure how much he was really going to learn from us that could be transferred to where he was going. Well, he put a, a, a strong uh, emphasis on learning from us, and God put a strong call in his heart, and he was going back, and the Assemblies of God of Tanzania knew he'd been here. They had invested in him coming over and getting his degree, and they had plans for him, but his plan was he wanted to plant a church in the capital city of Tanzania, which is Dodoma. Well, they didn't have uh, the resources ready to do that, and so they told him, if you do that, you're going to be going out on your own. Uh, we're not going to be able to provide you a building or resources to do that. But he felt compelled that God was telling him to do that and to take the principles he had learned. And so he met with Pastor Ron and I. He was about to leave, and we were trying to send him with a blessing, and Pastor Ron asked him, what, what could we do that would help you the most? And most of the time, in a situation like that, in my own natural mind, I would have said, man, I could use some money for a building, Right? He said, what I want more than that, because I believe God is going to provide the money for a building, is I want you to come and do a pastor's conference in my country and teach them what you've taught me. So we had a prayer over him, and we sent him with a blessing, and I had an opportunity to get pictures back and forth as he started his journey. And, and he started on a one-acre piece of property, and, and this is the building that he was able to start with. And he had a, a, a picture he put on Facebook not too long ago. He said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. But look at the, look at the place he started with. It's basically a tin building. Uh, didn't really have any windows or anything like that. And he's right there in the middle of a two million population town. And he prayed and he walked that land. And I want to show you a picture of what his church looks like today, just five years later. Come on. <laughs> he has built that church debt-free. And he has over 300 people attending that church now on Sunday morning. About eight hours ago, they just had church service. And I can tell you that he has implemented so many things that he learned from us that I didn't even know he was catching. He has a growth track class. <laughs> he has a dream team. He has his own name for him and everything. But, but he has all that going on. And we did a pastor's conference that Saturday before the Sunday service that you see there. Had about 80 pastors that came to that. And uh, I thought, man, this is amazing to see what God has done and what he's blessing you with. He said, oh, on Monday, I'm going to take you to our outreach, our neighbors and nations. And so uh, Pastor David and Justin and I, we got in a car and we drove about an hour away from where his church was. And uh, he took us to 10 acres, a 10-acre piece of property, and he started telling us what the dream was for that. He wants to plant a dream center 
in these 10 acres. And you'll see the picture there. We were there walking around big thorn bushes, just out in the wild country, out in the wilderness of Africa. And uh, I told this in the early service, but there were African wild dogs that were all around. And I knew I was okay as I was praying because all I had to do was outrun Pastor David and I'd be okay. <laughs> Sorry, David. I had to go with that. Okay. So, but we were there and, and he started painting the picture of how it was going to be an employment center. It was going to be a training center. And we said, what can, what can we do now? And he said, pray for it. And so we prayed. And then we said, Hey, neighbors and nations is going to take care of clearing this property to get it ready to build. And I just look forward to the unfolding story of, of where that is. If that had been all that he had shown me on Monday, I'd have been, man, you're doing an amazing job. But he said, no, 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 no. We've already planted another church. I want to go show you the other church. So we got in the car, we drove another hour to Gwandi, which is an unreached area, a partially reached area. And this is the church building that he has there. And all he had the funds for, they were building in phases because they're not borrowing any money or anything. And he has the steel structure of the building and they're already meeting in the church. So we met with the pastor that was there, some of the kids of his family and the neighbor that, that were in the area. And you can see they just meet with those logs on those cinder blocks. And that's how they have church. But we noticed that they had cinder blocks all around and they were ready to do the next phase, but they didn't have the funds for it. And so neighbors and nations stepped in and over this last month, they've been building the rest of that church and they're gonna have a finished church. I'll show some pictures of how they've done that. And you guys were a part of that. And by doing that, we have moved them forward now and they're gonna be planning a second church within the next year because of our generosity of moving them beyond that. Hey, I just have to say, I, what I thought wasn't transferable is absolutely transferable because it is God's kingdom and it is his gospel. And we have the opportunity to be a part of that. And I'm so honored to be a part of this team serving Pastor Ron in this church and serving neighbors and nations. Let's keep going. Yeah. Come on, really celebrate what you've seen. That's the rescue of so many souls. That's making disciples. Yeah, it's worthy. Come on, you made it happen. God empowered us to make a difference. In our, the remaining minutes of our time, let me tell you that I, I firmly believe the way we are able in this financial climate to have an unprecedented commitment to this new building, I think it's 100% because of what we just showed you. That when you care about others and you sow generously, you reap generously. And uh, it, it's just the kingdom principle. And thank you for knowing that. It is in the culture of this church. And we're, here's my heart. Though we're building this new building, we cannot, will not, slow down in what we're doing for neighbors and nations. I believe I'm going to be standing here one year from now telling you that once again, we've exceeded any and everything we've ever done in history. And I know that we can join together in prayer and sacrifice and make that happen. I'll begin to cast the neighbors and nations vision starting next week. It will stir your heart as I talk to you about the opportunities, the people, uh, the rescue that we're going to be a part of. And that's for then. Today, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Abe, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, sorry, this, this gets, strikes me deep. You and all these people, you get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
Your territory, it will extend from the desert to the Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, Joshua, I need you to be strong and courageous. The assembly, God needs us to be strong and courageous. Joshua, you're going to lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Joshua, God is saying, I want you to have a victory mentality. Joshua, I will make that mentality possible because I'm giving you my promise, my presence, and my power. Now you respond with faith, and out of that, have a strength and a courage in your spirit. And Joshua did, and Joshua went forward, and he led in the victory of 13 different battles, the conquering of 31 different kings, and the taking of 30,000 square miles of land. Today, I want to talk to you about having a victory mentality, that before us is an opportunity that if we will meet it with the victory mentality, we will see great exploits. You will see great exploits. This is a church word. This is a personal word. You can have a victory mentality. What is it? You move with strength and courage. How? Because God's going to assist you. Assistance. God's assistance. We as well have the promised presence and power of God. Joshua walks the people to the Jordan River. It's at flood stage. How do you get across? How do you even start the vision? Well, here comes the assistance of God. And he stops that river and they go across. The first battle is the city of Jericho. You can't move forward unless you take that city. The people are ferocious. The city is fortified. With strength and courage, in the promise and the leading of God, they marched around. And here comes the assistance of God. And it brings those walls down. And it says they went up and they took that city. Battle after battle, God is assisting them. When you get to chapter 10, you find that five enemy kings and their armies, they merge, form a coalition, and they will be the end of Joshua and the Israelites. Joshua hearing that they had formed this coalition, he doesn't back up. They move toward that battle. And I want you to see the assistance of God. This is chapter 10, verse 10. The Lord threw them into a confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Wow. I love this. Verse 11. As they fled, so as Israel's prevailing, these armies start running, trying to get away. They run down this road from Beth Haran to Aska, and the Lord, here's the assistance of God, hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from the hailstorm than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. That's the assistance of God. Can you imagine Israel? They're, they're running. They're pursuing this enemy, these enemies. 
in the storm, it comes down. But God has the ability to control that storm where it hits the enemy and not Israel. And I don't know how far the enemy was in front of Israel. I can just imagine in my mind as some of the, the Israel army gets there and sees all of these people dead, they're like, man, nobody's used a sword or a spear, but these, these guys have huge knots on their head. Like, you know, just the assistance of God. Somebody here, you need to know, you too can have a victory mentality. You need it. Life demands it. Your destiny deserves it. And the way you have a victory mentality is to know that God assists you. I've just shown you the assistance of God. I could take you back to a day where we were just doing hundreds of thousands, not millions of dollars. I could take you back to where there were just a few ministries being supported, and now there are many. And this hasn't happened because of human talent. This hasn't happened because of energy and effort. This has happened because God has assisted us with his promise, with his presence, and with his power. The victory mentality will lead you to not only experiencing the assistance of God where you know it's God, but you will experience acceleration. Five kings that would have had to be defeated one by one, their five cities one by one, their armies one by one, who knows the length of time that would have taken when they all came together God accelerated the process because they defeated them all in one day. God's going to accelerate your life. The first miracle that Jesus ever did was water into wine. When the master of the ceremony tasted the wine, he says, this is the best. Most people don't hold the best until the end. He is saying, this is the kind of quality that would take a minimum of seven years and yet Jesus did it. He accelerated it in a matter of minutes. God will accelerate your life. I believe that God is going to give us as a church, and I would say this over your life, he's going to accelerate opportunity. And with that, he will accelerate harvest. And because bringing in the harvest isn't easy, he will accelerate power. Somebody, it seems like it's going so slow. And you're up against opposition and acceleration. You don't necessarily expect that to come in the form of opposition. The greatest battle to date that Joshua was confronted with was five kings, five armies, and it turned into acceleration. You hear Joseph saying, through the corridors of history, what the enemy meant for evil. God has turned it to good. It was battle after battle, but then the breakthrough, the acceleration happened. You just stay faithful. You just keep fighting those battles with the assistance of God. And somewhere there is just this supernatural effect where you get moved forward beyond anything and any other way that it could have happened. Finally, I say it's time for activation of a victory mentality. 
If you take a debit card, you'll often get a new one, and you've got to activate it. It doesn't, how many, it doesn't matter how many resources you have access to unless you activate. And so you've got to activate this victory mentality. And that's not always easy when you've been under a lot of pressure and there's been struggle and even some defeat. But I want to show you from this chapter, chapter 10, verse 24. These five kings, when they heard what Israel was doing to them, the five kings, while their armies were fighting, they went and hid in a cave. And when it was all done, they're going to slip out of that cave and go do their life. Joshua heard. He said, you, you take boulders and you close up the entrance to the cave. When we get through with the armies, we'll route back and we'll, we're going to deal with them. And so they go back and they bring those kings out. I want you to see it. Verse 24, when they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. And the reason is Joshua is showing us something. He's teaching them and he's teaching us. He's like, feel that, get used to it. Now, he's leading people that have been stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. All they have known is going in circles. Many born in the wilderness. And they heard about this promise of God, but they haven't seen it. They haven't been raised with a victory mentality. They haven't been raised knowing the promise of God and seeing the promise of God happen. And so they've crossed the Jordan by the assistance of God, the wall of Jericho by the assistance of God, battle after battle. Now this, and Joshua says, put your foot on their necks. And then he says, do not be afraid. See, he's bringing them out of a victim mentality. Do not be discouraged. When you have struggled so long and you have a victim mentality, winning language is hard to receive. You start looking at winning as just a one-off. It's an event. Okay, well, that was a good day, but I, I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop. You know nothing of a winning season. An occasional bright spot, an occasional lift, but for the most part, you just live under that oppressive victim mentality because of all you've gone through. Joshua is leading people that are coming out of a victim mentality into a victory mentality. And he's saying to them, do you feel that? Get used to it. Somebody here, you need to get used to winning. You're like, that's, I can't even comprehend that. You have no clue what's going on in my life, and I don't. But I know that the presence of God is available. The promise of God is available. The power of God is available. And if it could handle a river at flood stage and a fortified city and five enemy kings and armies, it can handle where you are and what you're up against. And I am willing to step in faith with you and believe that God will break that victim mentality off of you and today you activate 
you activate this winning mentality, this victory mentality. Am I talking about mind over matter and pop psychology? Not for a second. I am talking about faith in the word of God, faith in the presence of God, faith in the power of God. I'm talking about the God who says, I'm about to preach, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Activate that in your life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it is with you. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're not just a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. Hear John say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can we activate a victory mentality today? Yes, we can. Thank you, Jesus. Activate it even now. Stand with me, everybody, and worship team, if you'll join me. We'll bring this to a prayerful close. I believe God wants to assist us for the acceleration that is in front of us, but to know that the acceleration will come in the form of opposition. The opportunity is going to accelerate, but it will be mountains to take. It will be projects to underwrite, missionaries to support, ministries to start, and none of that happens without passion and faith and believing that God is bigger than the obstacle. You know, what, what if, and I'll put this in monetary terms just to ignite our faith, what if this time next year we've done $2 million of giving to missions? I have no clue how we can do that. I'm just saying God's able. I had no clue how we could ever get to a million, especially in the year that we're going to raise money for a new building. God knew. I, I have had personal things in my life. I'm only standing here today because God's greater than the opposition. Aren't, isn't that your testimony? We're here because God's greater than the opposition. And that opportunities, they don't come on silver platters. They come in the form of intense spiritual warfare, but no weapon formed against us can prosper. It comes by knowing that the one in us is greater than all that we are trying to accomplish. So today, activate your faith. I have three prayers for us on this historic weekend to pray. Lord, would you help us to let go of anything that holds us back? See, the way you think, it can hold you back. And if you need to break a victim mentality, then ask God to help you to do that as you place your faith in him. His assistance is gonna bring you a, a renewed mind, a new way of thinking. Secondly, can we pray? God, keep us hungry for your presence. I want to add to that. Keep us hungry for your presence, your promise, and your power. You know why we're here a hundred years in as a church? Because there's always been a passion for the presence of God. I stand here like Moses in Exodus 33. God, if you're not going to go with us, don't send us. God had promised houses. God had promised crops. God had promised land. He just said, I'm not going. 
And Moses said, hold up. I've learned that having blessing without your presence won't sustain us. If you're not going with us, don't take us. This would be the picture of a church that we're not just into Jesus for what he does for us. We're into Jesus for who he is. Come on. We're into Jesus because of a relationship with him. Come on, church. It's about the presence of God, a hunger. He's going to take care of what needs to be done if he can find a people that are just passionate for him. Everything that we see in the life of Joshua. Come on, Ben. Come on. We're about to lift the roof off of this place. Everything that we see in Joshua is pointing to the ultimate, the Yeshua, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross and he put his foot on the neck of Satan. And it says that he made the enemy a footstool. So, when I, when I say break off the victim mentality, I'm not trying to be uh, presenting that it's simple. And there's no way you can do it or I can do it. Here's the way it happens. We're not fighting for a victory. We're fighting from victory because Jesus has made a footstool out of his shed blood. Come on, church, out of his life given, out of his resurrection. Here's the victory mentality. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on, give him a clap offering of praise.